Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Parents are experiencing some jitters as the school year begins today for a couple of different reasons. First of all, there is still some confusion about the sex ed curriculum. Uh, and some t- teachers, some parents groups are very concerned on both sides of that issue about what's going to be said in the classroom and what the ramifications of that might be. Uh, there are other concerns, and namely that may well be about whether or not there's going to be a bus to take the kids to and from school. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Todd White, who is the chairman of the board, of course, for the Hamilton Board of Education and the trustee for Ward 5. Todd, thanks so much for the time on a busy day. I'm glad you could join us today. Oh, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Let's talk about the the more pressing one right now, and, and that being transportation. Uh, you talked to us a couple of weeks ago and said that you were going to do some number crunching, and there's always a concern, as there has been for the last couple of years, about the shortages of buses, not enough drivers uh, covering routes. Uh, what's the status as of this morning? So looking at the numbers this morning, and obviously they're still coming in and we're, we're crunching exactly what the picture looks like, uh, but for the most part, the numbers are looking better this year than last year. Uh, we're reporting quite a few spare drivers uh, that appear to be available. Uh, so they're covering a lot of the routes that don't have a permanent driver. So right now we're projecting less than 10 routes uh, without a driver, and that's 10 of 500. Uh, so it's a smaller number than last year. So our hope is that that continues throughout the week. But with the first week of school, there's obvious, obviously a lot of changes and other factors uh that come into play. So we're, we're cautiously optimistic at this point. Did you have a, get a number, a hard, fast number, about how many people did not come back? Because you really don't know that until just a couple of days before the Labor Day weekend. Yeah, roughly right now, I think there's about 30 routes um, without a permanent driver. That doesn't mean that those routes will have delays because most companies have spare drivers to cover uh, routes for a variety of reasons, for instance, illnesses, absences, other things like that. Um, so the number that we, we usually look at is whatever that number is, uh, minus spare drivers. So right now it, it looks like it's in the single digits, um, but we did see a drop off of permanent drivers as we expected. But I guess on the flip side, we, we're, we're seeing more uh, spare drivers available than expected. So it seems to be balancing itself out a bit better this year. I'm wondering if the, the publicity about this over the last three or four weeks has maybe motivated more people to get involved and maybe even apply for these jobs. Well, that's it. I, I think with a lot of the preemptive work that we've done ourselves and with the uh, bus operators, uh, we've been able to either obviously attract new drivers. Um, I think the companies themselves have been working harder to find uh, different ways to uh, retain drivers. So hopefully the attention and uh, a lot of the preemptive work that we've done um, is paying off. It's hard to tell at this point, um, but but I, we hope that that's uh, a reason for some of the better numbers we're seeing today. Well, we hope it continues, and that, that's, that's good news, actually, because I know even some of the parents I talked to last week were kind of concerned about this and saying, well, we may not even know until the kids go to get for their school bus on Tuesday morning, but it sounds like so far everything seems to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I, we recommend to parents are, are keep in touch uh, or, or uh, visit our, the Student Transportation Services website. You'll see live updates on any delays that uh, might affect your, your students. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, you can also sign up for live updates by email or text. So uh, you can be up to date that way. So just 
stay in tuned. Um, communication is the, the best thing we can do at this point, um, obviously in addition to the, the driver recruitment and retention. So um, we hope that the trend continues this week. But obviously as the week goes on and, and beginning next week, we'll have some uh, more firm numbers to share. Excellent. Good stuff. All right. Uh, once they get to school, once they get in the classroom, let's talk a little bit about curriculum because there's still a big cloud uh, hanging over. Uh, not just your board, but every board in Ontario right now, about the uh, the government's move to, to scrap the sex ed curriculum, of course, uh, and, and revert back to the old one that was in play before this. Uh, uh, teachers' unions are upset about this. A lot of parents' groups are, t- are taking sides on this. It's a very polarizing issues issue. And, and as we mentioned a few weeks ago, you uh, as a board member are kind of stuck in the middle here. You're between a rock and a hard place. How do you handle this? And is there a policy that's been developed uh, by the board uh, for this first day as you move forward? Well, I think there's there's a couple of different pieces of, uh, in this situation. Number one, um, usually the sex ed component of the curriculum isn't taught until um, the spring. So, in fact, we do have a bit of time, uh, luckily, until there's any, any major impact on the classroom. Um, we have heard from a number of, like you said, stakeholders that are, are concerned. We've heard from teachers' unions uh, with concerns about professional development and uh, the proper supports and materials that they require. We've obviously heard from parent groups that are concerned their, their children aren't receiving an up-to-date curriculum. Uh, so we're watching very closely, but I think as a board, the best thing we can do is, is make sure that everyone uh, has the information they need. And, and luckily, we do have a bit of time on our side. So our recommendation to um, our staff, for instance, is that we'll provide very, very clear direction and, of course, support that they need. Um, also for parents, uh, we're sticking to our regular routine, which is before we teach the sex ed component of the curriculum, we'll make sure there's communication out letters. Uh, and of course, our teachers and principals are available to answer any questions. And we understand that. I don't think there's going to be much of a discussion in any classroom today about what or may, not, may or may not be involved in the curriculum right now. But going forward, are you hearing from a lot of parents? Uh, I guess I would think on both sides of this issue about how this is going to roll out. Yeah, and I actually I think it, it tends to be very uh, it's heavy in terms of the the support to retain the curriculum. Uh, so we're hearing a lot from those parents and the and the groups that are affiliated. So um, at this point, uh, what we're saying is is at a secondary level there does not appear to be much change uh, because the government seemed to have taken a, a step back in terms of those changes. At the elementary level, obviously there's concerns about. Uh, what grade level some of the topics are being taught. So what we're basically reassuring parents is that uh, uh, our teachers are there. They have their professional uh, uh, discretion to uh, teach in the classrooms, respond to student inquiries. So we believe that it should be managed in, in that respect. But uh, I think a lot of uh, groups recognize, as you described, that boards are caught in the middle. So unfortunately, we can't spearhead the, the issue ourselves, but we certainly, uh, from an operations perspective, can make sure that everything runs smoothly. There's a, an interesting survey that was released today from uh, Ipsos uh, polling, of course, and uh, Nanos. Uh, uh, and Global put this out, Global News put this out. And I, I, it's a bit of a head-scratcher, and I guess it really, I think, underscores just the, the kind of conundrum that you guys are facing right now as board members. Uh, they they asked right outright, do you support uh, you know going back to the old curriculum? And it's about 50-50 uh, from the parents that were asked. I think it was about 5,000 parents that were in this study group. But then they started asking about individual parts of the curriculum that just got <laughs> dumped by the government, and the support for it is about 85%. Uh, which tells me that an awful lot of parents who seem to think that they, they have an attitude or a, a, a statement about this and, and an, a, a, an attitude toward this really don't seem to quite understand exactly what's on the table here. 
Well, and, and that's it. When when you engage certain groups uh, on the topic, uh, the topic quickly seems to turn to uh, LGBTQ issues, gender identity, um, some very polarizing uh, human rights type issues, um, which are very serious. And as a board, um, we certainly protect any type of human right uh, very strongly because equity is such an important piece. Um, but that's not the the crux of of this uh, sex ed curriculum. I mean, there's a lot more to it. It's only one component. So when you start breaking it down, looking at all of the components, um, a lot of the, the deeper information, more important information, tends to get lost uh, in those discussions, and it just becomes uh, a debate about same-sex marriage, which really isn't what it's about to begin with. So uh, it's very, very difficult, difficult conversation to have, uh, cutting through some of the misinformation out there. Um, obviously, the media headlines and some of the, the pieces that make it seem a bit more extreme or, or about issues that it really isn't. So um, a lot of it really just comes down to working with parents. That's why in Hamilton, we've said all along that it's actually been very uneventful in terms of the changes. It's been smooth, um, received a lot of support, and we have very few families that actually opt out of the sex ed component because at the end of the day, uh, there aren't those polarizing issues uh, actually in the classroom being taught. Uh, so, uh, quite frankly, it seems to run quite smoothly. Well, and, and that's part of the misconception. I think an awful lot of people have kind of hung their hat on when it comes to their opposition on this. Uh, is, you know, they're under the impression that, that you know, words like penis and other are going to be mentioned to kids in kindergarten. And be, well, we don't want our kids exposed to that sort of stuff, which is totally untrue. And anybody who's read the curriculum could understand that. And, and, and what I found interesting about this is obviously there's a new government in and they decided this is what they want to do. But the reality here is that I thought this whole furor over this curriculum had long since subsided. There was one small, very vocal group that still were opposed to it. And they seem to have won the day as far as this government is concerned. Well, and, and that's it. I mean, a lot of the, the groups and a lot of the initial debate uh, was, again, once, uh, once again uh, about same-sex marriage and, and gender identity. Um, and that seemed to be the crux of everything that we're going to teach students uh, and, and instruct them you know, in certain ways that just simply don't apply. Um, a lot of what we do is, is we inform students. We don't teach them values. Values are, are taught at home by, by parents. Um, but we provide the information and we teach students about uh, the student or, or teacher or family that, that uh, could be sitting right next to them in class or uh, next door to their house. I mean, we, we're here to prepare students for, you know, a diverse world. And we want to make sure that they have a complete understanding of, of everyone that steps foot into our schools. So we don't hide identities of individuals. Um, in fact, we do very much the opposite. Uh, we celebrate uh, the diversity that we have in our schools. So it really comes back to some of those fundamental debates. But once again, it, it's using the, the topic of sex ed, which is very important for students and preparing them for some of the risks out there um, and using that as a platform to now talk about a, a completely different issue that uh, really doesn't apply in a lot of cases. What about the teachers that do talk about this? And I'm not, I, I know that it's been characterized in some circles, Todd, as teachers who are just going to blatantly thumb their nose at the government and do, but, and, and I think that's obviously a characterization that they're using to try to substantiate their point of view here. But in reality, this, some of these issues are going to come up, even with the quote-unquote new curriculum, which is really the old curriculum, uh, issues about LGBTQ issues, issues about about civil marriage and same-sex marriage are going to get asked. Are the teachers supposed to say, "I'm not allowed to talk about this"? And if they do, if they do talk about it, you know, the premier's threatening ramifications. Uh, do you, any idea exactly what that means? 
Yeah, and then this is where the messages that we've said to our teachers are, is that we support their professional discretion. Um, they are professionals. They know their classrooms. They know how to teach. Um, obviously, when it comes to curriculum, curriculum doesn't mean just a discussion, per se, in a classroom. Curriculum is a, is a, is a lesson plan followed by uh, tests and evaluation after the fact. But if discussion came out of whatever the lesson plan might be, questions are asked by students, there's, there's to insinuate or suggest that um, certain words or topics just simply can't be spoken in the classroom, we think is, is absolutely absurd. Um, teachers will use their discretion. Uh, they'll answer questions. They'll, they'll determine what's appropriate in terms of uh, the, the audience that they have in front of them. So uh, obviously if they go <laughs> way out of line, whether it's sex ed or any other topic, um, we have mechanisms to, to address that. But we don't want our, our teachers feeling scared about these issues. We want them to feel empowered. We want them to make sure that they make the best choices. And in this case, we don't have any concerns as a board. And certainly our staff, what we're telling them is that we're going to support them with the proper materials. We're going to make sure they get the professional development to catch them up on uh, the exact uh, approach that we expect. Um, but at the same time, like any topic, uh, we encourage them to use their professional discretion. I, I sometimes fear that, that we're reverting back to the days of the Scopes Monkey Trial. You know, where we just you know you can't have anybody in the classroom talking about anything except the prescribed doctrine, which is really what some people are trying to push on other people now, and that's frustrating. I, I guess this is really going to come to the fore, Todd. When and if, and I got to figure it is going to happen at some point. Somebody's going to call one of those snitch lines and complain about a teacher. I guess the board's really going to have to decide right then exactly how they're going to po- move forward on a policy like that. Yeah, and I think as a board, our expectation is clear, and that is we follow provincial curriculum. So when it comes to lesson plans, when it comes to evaluation and testing, you follow the provincial guidelines. But if there's discussions in classrooms, if there's questions, um, teachers are going to answer them in the best way possible. So and as long as the teacher's following the curriculum and, and topics and discussions extend from there, uh, we're comfortable with that. So you shouldn't be seeing any headlines in Hamilton that a uh, teacher is being disciplined for uh, using the word, uh, you know, LGBTQ in a, in a young grade. I mean, that just simply isn't applicable. Once again, a lot of these topics are, are embedded in human rights. Uh, the rise in our schools outside of uh, sex ed uh, a component of the curriculum. It could be any day in the classroom certain topics arise in the schoolyard elsewhere in our schools. So we're not banning certain words or certain topics from our schools. To suggest that is is, is completely ludicrous as far as we're concerned. Um, but at the end of the day, teachers will teach the curriculum, and then from there, obviously, use their their, their best uh, their best discretion. Well, that's uh, the common sense approach to it. That's not, not necessarily the way it seems to go sometimes, but I guess you're just going to have to uh, deal with it when it happens. Todd, thanks as always. Busy day for you. Really appreciate you taking the time with us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bill. We appreciate it, too. Todd White, Chairman of the Board for the Hamilton Board of Education. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.